Ah, when you hear that theme music, it can mean nothing else but uh, me going to the UK and uh, for our weekly UK report with Brandon Smith. Good morning. Good morning. Or should I say good evening? Uh, It's actually good evening here, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, certainly a good evening for the Irish. Haven't they had just an absolutely smashing day? My Um, goodness me. Historical. Who would have thought, of all the countries in the whole world, who would have thought that Ireland would be the first to actually vote in gay marriage? Well, it's a complete surprise, really, isn't mm. it? Because they're known to be quite conservative, quite quite uh, religious, and uh, they only decriminalised homosexuality 22 years ago. Exactly. So that's even, you know, in fairly recent history, and I think it was about... I think it was 2010, five years ago they brought in uh, civil partnerships and now they've brought in marriage by an overwhelming majority, over 60%. Yes. Um, all the constituencies are now counted. Um, so that's a done deal. It's going to go through. I it's, it's brilliant news. Mm. Oh, look, I, I'm absolutely thrilled. Uh, I did mention earlier that our former Prime Minister, uh, Kevin Rudd, actually tweeted out now that uh, that maybe... If our current government can't choose, we should maybe have a referendum here as well. Yeah, well, uh, I, I think it's uh, the danger is Australia is might might start to look a little bit outdated. <laughs> you know, when you've got uh, very old countries like like uh, Britain and now Ireland, who are who are voting that through, um, Australia looks like it's uh, it's a little bit behind. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but that's, uh, yeah, amazing news. As I said, if you'd have told me, if I could have picked any country, I certainly wouldn't have picked Ireland as, as being the one that would have been the first. Well, to be honest, I, I didn't think it was going to go through. I, I just didn't think that they, they were, would be ready for it because of fairly recent history that they've already made big, big steps. Mm. Um, there was a, another surprising uh, win, um, but I think it's a, a really good one, a really positive one. Mm. And it's, for them, I think it's, uh, it's also uh, a time where they're starting to um, separate church and state, and I think for a society that's a good thing. Mm. Uh, now, still on UK news, obviously we go from yep. Ireland uh, to England, and David Cameron has opened the uh, EU summit. Well, he's uh, he's uh, tottered over to the uh, EU summit, for, which was supposed to be mainly for the eastern states. Um, but he's gone over there to start his roadshow to start lobbying for a better deal for Britain. Um, and uh, his big things are uh, about uh, the amount of immigration that we have and the amount of the welfare welfare bill that uh, it's costing the UK mm-hmm. um, for all these people coming in. And, uh, and it's come at a good time because last week uh, the figures came out. We took in 318,000 people last year uh, in net immigration, which is an awful lot of people uh, to, to try and find homes and jobs and provide welfare for. Wow. Uh, we, we thought we had a bad with 50,000. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, the thing is, is because people can come in from the EU and they can go on the dole from the first day and they can get housing benefits and, and they get tax credits and child benefits and all these other things, and it's, uh, it's really uh, becoming quite a drain. So uh, one surprising thing, though, is he's actually drawn a bit of a red line in the sand over there and said that, you know, the welfare and immigration reforms yeah. are not negotiable with us staying. You really need to come to the table, guys, and, 
and change these rules because it's you know it's killing us and the the British public just will no longer stand for it. I mean, there is an over, overwhelming swell now mm-hmm. that people have had enough of of giving uh, uh, Europeans who just walk through the door who haven't contributed into the UK tax system and then they can get benefits from day one. Fair enough, uh, too. Well, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, when we hear stories of people coming over here, their families will be in another country and they're claiming child benefit, for example, mm-hmm. but the child doesn't even live in the UK. It starts to get people's backs up a bit. So, mm. you know, I think it's uh, it's time. It's a long road for him. It's going to be a very hard, hard battle. Um, as I say, the, the eastern states are not happy about it because they've got a lot of their people over here. Mm. Um, Germany is quite sympathetic because they face quite similar problems. And uh, for if, if Britain was to leave the EU, that would have a, a massive ramification for Germany because they'd be asked to sort of put more money in the kitty in Brussels. And that's not popular with the German voters either. Mm. Mm. So and, it's a big day. And you've had another uh, banking scandal. Oh, the banks have been at it again. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. Oh, surprise, surprise. Mm. I know. Yeah, this week, uh, seven international banks, they were fined six and a half billion pounds. So that's what nearly best part of uh, about 12 billion yeah. Australian dollars. Wow. Um, for rigging foreign currency rates and the LIBOR into bank rates. And um, that's uh, come up for Barclays and RBS got it in the UK this time around. Mm-hmm. Barclays uh, were fined £1.5 billion pounds for, for their role in, uh, in the currency rigging and LIBOR scandal. So it's, and this, this is, to put that into context for you, this is the stuff they were doing up until September last year. So despite everything that happened in the GFC, mm-hmm. they've still been, you know, very naughty uh, even up into 2014. So Incredible. Not good. And, of course, uh, LIBOR is London Interbank Offered Rate. That's right. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. The LIBOR is the rate that banks use to lend to each other, and it also has uh, an influence on the interest rates people pay on their mortgages. So it's, it's a pretty naughty thing. I yeah. mean, it has affected, you know, the average, average person on the street who, who has a mortgage as well. Mm. Not good. And uh, and very very quickly, a Eurovision. Yes, it's Eurovision night. We're all very excited. <laughs> I've got me horses duvers and uh, <laughs> me fizzers chilling away, ready because it kicks off in uh, oh about fifty minutes time here at eight o'clock uh, our time. Oh. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely big. It's watched by about two hundred million people. Quite phenomenal. And um, Australia has an entrant in this year. We do, Guy Sebastian. Exactly. Maybe you can tell me, because everyone over here is completely puzzled, why are Australia going to Eurovision? <laughs> well, uh, not as equally, well, we're equally as puzzled over here. Uh, there is talk because Australia is, it loves Eurovision so much, but I think, according to the papers over here, it's got something to do with SBS and, and wanting to, um, to get more advertising and all that sort of all stuff. Right. So, oh, so there's money behind of it. Of course there'd be money behind it. <laughs> why, <laughs> other, why else would you do it?
Well, indeed. But the Telegraph over here did a fantastic uh, map of the world. They redrew the map of the world. <laughs> um, and I've actually posted it to you on Twitter. So if you have a look at your Twitter, oh, when you get okay. on, you'll see it. And they've perched Australia right up next to France and Portugal and the UK. It's quite <laughs> funny. Oh, well, let's hope we do well. I, I have my doubts, but you just don't know how it's all going to go, I suppose. Well, but... you never know. I mean, uh, he is uh, one of the bookies' top three favourites. Oh, very good. Yeah, yes. We, uh, Sweden, Italy and Australia are the top three bookie favourites at the moment. All right. Well, we'll so keep our fingers crossed. Never. Exactly. Brandon, as always, great to chat. Thanks a lot. That's Brandon Smith, our man in the UK.